Welcome to the second episode of VS to Mall 2021 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who dreams of one particular mall contestant every single night he sleeps, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. That one contestant, of course, being Davey, because we've not had enough Davey jokes in the past few weeks. Or we are making up for the, the Davey joke deficit. <laughs> I am, because actually uh, the South Africa coverage didn't have as many as I was expecting uh, me to make. <laughs> Oh, it was quite nice to you in the grand scheme of things. Now, how's your week been? Well, yeah, as I was explaining before we started recording, uh, Jan was here for 29 days and she went back home about 60 hours ago. So, yeah, she's back home, or, well, not home, home. She's in a government facility for her quarantine. And then I've just been doing my usual teaching thing for 12 hours a day for the past couple days. Woke up, watched Venom, and now we're recording. Yay! Pandemic life. <laughs> yes, indeed. Did you enjoy the episode? Yes, I did. And I think it's becoming slightly more apparent that this film during COVID. <laughs> yeah, just a little. I mean, we actually got the date that day four was this time because of them showing what's up off again. Um, so we know exactly when this filmed. And it was actually earlier than I thought it was. It was sort of mid-September. Yeah, the I was thinking Central Europe doesn't usually have that good of weather uh, at that time. Yeah, it was um, day four was September 17th. And I mean, I think it was Charlotte in a couple of her um, her confessionals was wearing a woolly hat. And I'm like, that sounds like the Central Europe you'd kind of expect September, October time. Yeah. <laughs> so previously, 10 new Dutch celebrities flew to Chechia to search for the mole. They were sequestered in a room to find 250 euros, but seven of them made a deal with the mole for a yoker and got burnt. Whilst the season's first laser game gave them the opportunity to earn an exemption by betraying each other. They played for the pots, but it was Remco who was first to be sent home. And the episode title is the Dutch word for example. Exemplar? <laughs> Uh, Vorbeld. Oh, uh, they didn't go the they didn't go the romance language route with the spelling. No, I'm trying as much as possible not to do Dutch purely because I did get criticism last week for how I pronounced Mariah's name. <laughs> yeah, how did you pronounce it? I I was I was saying it correctly. I think I was saying it correctly. I think someone was just trying to confuse me, but it's Mariah. That's how they were saying it on the episodes. Yeah, you don't pronounce the J. It's not Mareja. No, I was, I was definitely saying Mariah last week because I just kept imagining Mariah Carey. Yeah, that, that helps. And she doesn't have a J in her name. It makes it much easier. So we begin this episode with everyone lamenting the loss of Remco, and it's Charlotte especially who is introducing him going home. Scrappy-Doo dreamt of him the night before, and Rocky says that she was glad she saw the red screen because it wasn't her red screen. She was happy to see a red screen. Doesn't matter who the red screen's for, as long as it isn't her. It's the Sandra Diaz twine strategy. Yeah, it means he won't, because he got the red screen so early, Rocky has a shot at being in the Vidum video game. And they are in Brno. Rick says their mistrust of each other will increase when they visit the cultural delights of Moravia. And I did notice in the intro scene that you can see a face in the intro in the cave scene that we're going to see next week, and I've been led to believe that is an old mole. And there are also only six chairs in the train scene, which means it must be an execution. And Renee starts the family photo with her head down. And it is day three at Castle Valtice. It was built in the 18th century for the Princes of Liechtenstein. And they are split into two groups. 
one which has a tour of the castle, and one which has a tour of the gardens. They have to document as much as possible, and also in each team will be one coordinator in a separate room helping them out in the challenge. And it ends up being Josh, Charlotte, Florentine, and Rocky in the outside team, and Lakshmi, Mariah, Renee, Scrappy-Doo, and Eric on the inside team. Actually, I think I picked up on a hint during uh, Rick's introduction as to who the mole could be. He says, nothing is more sobering than the first execution. So it makes me think the mole might be an alcoholic. Or a member of AA. One of the two. I mean, in these pandemic times, desperate times call for desperate measures. A lot of COVID has been driving people to drink. Yeah, it's like, well, and plus they're in the Czech Republic, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, has the highest uh, alcohol consumption rate per capita of any country on the planet. It's definitely the highest beer consumption. I'm not sure if it's alcohol generally, but it's definitely the highest beer. Yeah. Yeah, beer barely counts as alcohol. The only reason I know that is because it came up on an episode of Richard Osmond's House of Games a few weeks ago, and I didn't know it was the Czech Republic. I probably would have guessed, like, Belgium or Russia or somewhere like that, but apparently it's Czech Republic. They've also said it in two separate occasions on The Amazing Race. I think on the American version and the Australian version, both said uh, or, uh, Czech Republic consumes more alcohol or more beer than per capita than any other country. But as you well know, you don't trust a word that The Amazing Race producers say. You have to research any fact they give out just in case. Oh, that's right. Switzerland was the birthplace of democracy. <laughs> it was indeed. Allegedly. So Eric, Mariah, and Rocky take pictures. Renee and Florentine film, and Scrappy-Doo and Charlotte write down all the facts. And Lakshmi and Josh are the coordinators for their respective teams. And they have a secret mission. They have to tell the writers and photographers to do secret tasks without the people filming noticing to earn money for the pots. If the people filming can name two challenges, they earn nothing for the challenge, and the camera people will win yokers for themselves. And the first mini-challenge is for Scrappy-Doo to slap away a hypothetical mosquito from Renee's area. And Charlotte and Rocky have to ask the guide her name and how to make goulash. They don't pay attention to their earpieces. Or do they? Because we'll get to that fairly soon. Everyone in Renee's team has to take a selfie with the guide and without Renee. Scrappy-Doo has to ask the guide if she's a grandmother, and she's like 20. <laughs> Maybe they just age really slowly in, in Czech Republic. Maybe, but it's just brilliant that they gave it to that team rather than the other team, where she looks old enough to be a grandmother, that guide. The garden's guide looks old enough to be a grandmother. The inside guide, not so much. Yeah, it would have been more insulting if it was somebody who was right around that age, who fears being a grandmother. <laughs> what what would have been even better is if Splinter, after asking if the person is a grandmother, is if they had to say, oh, uh, you know, were your, is one of your parents one of the skulls in the Kutnahora church? Well, they are going to end up going to Kutnahora, so I'm quite excited to see what a Vidim challenge in the Church of Bones is going to look like. It's just skulls of past moles. It's the perfect place for them to actually do an execution. I'm just not sure whether they're going to go that far. Or uh, what What else could they do? Oh, who was the person that had their spinal cord compressed on the South Africa season? Oh, that was Janine. Yeah, so it could just be Janine's compressed spinal cord as some of the bones that's in the church. 
I do quite like how they completely and utterly do not acknowledge that that ever happened because that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. I'm sure it's not something they want to particularly advertise. And Renee describes the challenge as a bit of a mess because everyone was just messing around. And in her team, someone has to step over a rope, which is Mariah. And someone has to turn a piece of clothing inside out, which is Eric and his sock. And Charlotte and Rocky have to swap a piece of clothing. If only they could uh, hear that. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Um, they They don't exactly hear the challenge because Josh, in his first moment of awesomeness, realises he may have swapped the walkie-talkies around. He has <laughs> one a moron. Yuki, would the mole actually do a sabotage like that? Where they swap the walkie-talkies and pretend to look like a complete idiot on camera? I was thinking they don't really go the whole doofus mole route too often, where they pick a mole who just plays up being this complete doofus all season long. They really need one of those, because they can get away with a lot. It's like, well, it's just what he does. It's okay, it's okay. Let's give him a let's give him a participation trophy. I mean, they've not done that sort of a mole for absolutely ages. I'm I'm mainly thinking of Craig from Mole US5. Because he very much played up his kind of ineptitude. Yeah, that he was out of shape, so he couldn't do a lot of the physical challenges. I can see that. So we've had more like a physical doofus, but we need like somebody who is a bit more of a mental doofus who and does excessive rolls during every laser game possible thrown at them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this episode was just 100% Josh being, let's be honest, very silly at every opportunity. The entire storyline was just Josh this week, and it's something I can definitely get on board with. There was basically no non-Josh content this week. Yeah. Yeah, he was... I Actually, at the end, I was writing down either Splinter or Josh are going to get executed at the end of the episode, but instead we get somebody who was... I would say was pretty comparable to being as under-edited as Remco. Yeah, they seem to be definitely executing the people who have absolutely no presence on the season. Which may set up for a really exciting endgame if it's all the people who have gotten lots of airtime and have had a full story all season long and just kind of go more of the amazing race present day route where the invisible players go home early for the most part and then you just revolve your story around the last three or four or five teams. I mean, it it bodes well for this season if Josh is going to be a major part of it because I think after the first two episodes, Josh is probably the most fun character. I have absolutely no doubt that he's not the mole, but He's a very fun character. Who got stuck with Josh on their team for our uh, pick'em? Me. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you knew that, and you were just glowing. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely don't know who's on whose team. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to it towards the end. But um, yeah, we have now actually drawn our our teams, and I got the booby prize of having to have Josh. <laughs> So yeah, Josh realises he may have swapped the walkie-talkies over, and he has. And Florentine decides when he's asked by Rick not to name any challenges that he thought went on and knew went on. Renee decides that she doesn't care about the money, she just wants to go for the yoker. She says she saw a lot of weird stuff, and she ends up being wrong. 
they earned 700 euros of a possible 2,000, all of which was won by the inside team. Yep. <laughs> Do you think Josh was deliberately mulling? Uh, was Josh deliberately mulling? No, I don't think he was, because that's such an outrageous mistake to make. I think if he was the mole, they wouldn't have drawn as much attention to it. I think they would have found a way to to not show that Florentine knew. Yeah, I just can't see them building a mole season where, say, if it's a laser game, the mole gets shot two seconds into it every time. Uh, if they were in the truck game of running over the signs, they just go on their own little rampage and knock over all six wrong signs <laughs> and just be as bl- just sabotage and just not care about earning any money whatsoever. Where would you have wanted to place as the mole in this challenge? <sighs> hmm, that is a good question. I guess the determining factor is if you notice what the other people are doing. So maybe be in Florentine's or Renee's position, I guess would be ideal as the mole. Or I guess it depends how obvious you are with the actions too, for the secret missions. You're not going to be either Josh or Lakshmi. Is Lakshmi the other person on the walkie talkie? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'd be either of those two people. I think you got to be in one of the other two groups. I think, I, as Mole, would probably place myself on the outside team, but not necessarily in Florentine's place. I would have been in the Charlotte and Rocky position, I think, because there's only one other person who knows officially what the challenges are. And if they'd heard that, they then could have sabotaged as much as they want, because the Mole will know all the mini-challenges for that team, you'd assume. And I think it says it all that the outside team won absolutely nothing, and the inside team won 700 euros of their possible thousand. Yeah, well, this seemed like an easier challenge overall to pull off because, I mean, Renee even took a crack at trying to guess what the missions were, and she said, oh, putting their thumb in front of the camera, which was the only thing they did that wasn't part of any of the missions. (laughs) I think that was very clever of Lakshmi, actually, to do a fake challenge, to then try and muddy the water with Renee. Yeah, she could have come up with more hilarious fake challenges, too, like, Suddenly, do drop it down and do ten push-ups in front of the, in front of the guide. Um, have one person suddenly just hop on one foot all the way around the castle. Have one person scream Gattaca at the top of their lungs without any warning. Because also, from a finding the mole point of view, if you are in that control position and you know you're a a candidate, and you think the mole is in your team, what you can do is give them fake challenges and see whether the mole actually goes along with it. Because if the mole knows what the challenges are, and the mole goes along with it, then maybe that's more suspicious. It's it's too it's it's too bad that we didn't get that they didn't air the the one of the submissions, which was to start doing a crab walk while sounding like a chicken going cockle doodle doo. It's too bad that didn't happen. See, I heard another one of the challenges was to just scream at the top of your lungs, Mike, check one too. <laughs> <laughs> or to yell, this is a secret mission that Renee has to guess. Or to just run up the steps of the museum sc- shouting, Adrian! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two of the people on your team have to 
reenact the final fight from the first Rocky movie. You have to, one one person has to be Apollo Creed and the other person is Rocky Balboa. And you got to do all 12 rounds during the tour. To be fair, Josh probably would be up for trying that, just for funsies. <laughs> yeah, he just drops his walkie-talkie. He's like, we're swapping! <laughs> so, in the evening, they head to the Lucky Monastery. Yet another monastery on this season for the second challenge of the episode. And they even actually mentioned it, that uh, Chechia has a lot of abandoned monasteries. Yeah, the monk population doesn't really have as much of a hold anymore. I pointed out their monastery obsession last week with um, with it being in Renaissance as well. They loved an abandoned monastery or convent. There's about two or three in uh, in Renaissance, and there's already been two in two episodes on this season. Yeah, I'm sure if they just pulled apart the scaffolding, they can find some monks and nuns underneath. So they have to divide themselves into four explorers and five gatherers. The explorers will go into the building first and take notes of the gatherers as to where the money can be hidden. The gatherers then have to go through the building and find it. Protecting the money are blacklight ballerinas, to which Laxmi gasps. <laughs> they cannot see you, but they can hear you, and they can take you out of the game, and anything you collect whilst you get shot is lost. And just for funsies, whilst they're waiting, the gatherers do have maps of um, of the building and can see where yokers are hidden. But they don't know exactly where they're positioned in the building. No, I think they pretty much had a, a decent map for it, actually. They don't know where the ballerinas are. Oh, that was the thing. So that was the thing they had to map out? Yeah, so they didn't know where the ballerinas were, and they didn't know which boxes in the ballerinas' rooms contained money. They just knew which rooms contained money and which rooms contained yokers, I think. I see. And they, of course, invoke Queen Ellie Loost and her Ata Discipline. Yeah, I like how they actually ref- directly said her name. What would she say? Can you repeat after me? Ada Discipline. <laughs> I feel like it's going to get its own music video at some point. <laughs> oh, it's definitely become a bit of meme now. Every single season since Ellie's, there has been a reference to Ada Discipline, whether she's there or not. But nobody's made like a hit record song out of it and, ma- and taken it to the top of the Dutch charts, have they? Like it hasn't been on Eurovision? Not that I'm aware of. It it could be um, the Netherlands' next next big Eurovision single. You never know. <laughs> they are the defending champions, technically. Did I tell you about the conversation I had with my Airbnb host, who is from who has family in the Netherlands? So, uh, so he mentioned he was from Germany and that he 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 he's always in and out of the Netherlands because that's where a couple of his kids live and he has other family there. So then uh, I, I brought up V is the Mole. I'm like, oh, have you ever seen V is the Mole? He's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, what about him? I'm like, oh, that's kind of one of my, that's pretty much my favorite TV show. And then he just, he just, his head tilted on the side and he said, really? <laughs> it's like, yep. I podcast about it. Feel free to follow me at RTV Warriors. Bye. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, I just liked how he seemed somewhat disappointed that I watched V is the Mole. He's like, really? You watch that shit? You know, it's it, it's like 20 years old. Why don't you why don't you play baseball or something? Why are you watching V is the Mole? Yeah, and you then just kept on going and said, yeah, I've been uh, blogging all the old seasons of Amazing Race as well, and that's just as old. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, have you seen my other reality TV coverage? <laughs> Some people call me the Tarstorian.
Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal online. Give me a good review, by the way. That was actually my Airbnb uh, feedback from him as the host. He said, guest was great, but for some reason he wastes his time with that V's the mole shit. Wouldn't recommend. So it is Josh, Laxmi, Mariah, and Charlotte who are the explorers, and they each have both a torch and a black light. The black light will show up hints as to which boxes contain money. The monastery also has great acoustics, which makes their lives hard and makes it difficult for them to sneak past the blacklight ballerinas. Around the ballerinas are music boxes, some of which contain money, some of which are just music boxes and will obviously attract their attention. And when Eric tries to speak on the walkie-talkie, he ends up getting Charlotte shot very early in the challenge. Yeah, that was that was just ridiculous. Or, or what was it, Lakshmi, that said, please wait five seconds or 15 seconds before you speak. Yeah, just shut up for five seconds or so, so I can move. <laughs> so we can earn some money for this game. And then Josh has his highlight of the challenge, or one of them, by taking off his shoes to throw at the ballerina and use as a diversion. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't even get any money in the diversion, right? He just threw the shoe and then just went somewhere else? Yeah, he's literally just throwing his shoes to try and have a look at the boxes or have a look at the walls to see which boxes will contain money. I wish they would have thrown in the Austin Power soundbite of, Seriously, who throws a shoe? And then Mariah opens a box and gets herself shot. And then Josh, yet again, as this is becoming a trope on laser games, does another roll to try and get his shoe back and somehow still doesn't get shot. He then finds a big room, finds no hints of the team, but does find himself a yoker. And then immediately gets himself shot in the next room, leaving Laxmi alone. And after the 20 minutes are up, the explorers have to return, or Laxmi has to return to the base. The yokers are still there to collect for the gatherers, and they know where if they paid attention to the map. And Josh's shoe is still there, because he only collected one of them. Did he ever get his shoe back? He didn't get it back till after the challenge, I don't think. There was still a shoe visible when um, when the gatherers go into the building. Be interesting to be one of the ballerinas approached by production for this. Be like, hey, do you want to wear a blindfold and shoot a laser at contestants? I wonder what the casting notice was. Must be able to stand on their uh, on their toes in a ballet shoe, and also must be good at shooting things. It appears from the map as well that they um, that they got the ballerinas' names as well, even though I don't think any of the clues actually referred to their names. Yeah, that was odd too. Yeah, that they actually like, oh, we we're on a first name basis on all the, with all the ballerinas. Maybe we'll add each other. Maybe we'll follow each other on Instagram. And in yet another laser game trope, as of last week, Renee runs around the room repeatedly, somehow not getting herself shot, finds a cash, and then immediately gets herself shot. And then Florentine goes after the yoker which Josh claimed, and then walks into Eric's room, gets himself shot straight away, and then also gets Eric shot straight away. It's just rapid fire, everyone just going out of the game in that second group. It really is. Apart from Rocky, who, unsurprisingly, as a professional athlete, is quite good at running away from things. Considering she, yeah, that's her actual sport, is just running for 90 minutes at a time. If I had to put money on anyone in the uh, in the final nine being good at this sort of stuff, I'd probably have put it on uh, on Rocky. You mean the pro athlete? The one pro athlete in the cast is going to do well at feat of athleticism? Unsurprisingly, the, uh, the pro athlete is probably who I would put money on 
in terms of um, who's actually going to be good at a physical challenge. Unless, of course, they were a golf player, which isn't a sport. Yeah, if golf is a sport, then poker is a sport. And then Scrappy-Doo throws his torch and gets himself shot, leaving Rocky as the last woman standing. She says she can run because she spent years doing that after a ball. And we actually see one of the ballerina's guns, which says ammo, 9916, and lives, 999. And Rocky goes to each ballerina, not taking money from each one, but taking money from some of them. She ended up finding 400 euros of a possible 2,000. And in Rick's first dick moment of the episode, he just refuses to take the cash offer. They've got to deal with the coins now. He doesn't want it. (laughs) However, the best bit of this entire scene is, of course, Rick saying, there were some yokers available, but nobody collected them. And Josh was like, I got one. No, you didn't. You got eliminated. (laughs) You didn't understand the rules of the game, Josh. I just... Josh as a character is just so delightful because he has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea of the fact that by admitting you went for a yoker in front of the team, obviously people are going to be suspicious of you now. This was another unaired scene, was at the execution, I believe, when Eric gets executed, Josh asks aloud, why why is he eliminated? And then somebody said, well, he scored the lowest on the quiz. And then Josh says, oh, that's why we're doing those quizzes. Do you think Josh has seen Vidim before? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm doubting I'm doubting it at this point. Cause I'm like 50-50 right now on whether he actually has seen this show before. And if somehow Josh listens to this, Josh, you are my favorite character this season already, but I don't think you've ever seen this show before. So if you were the mole Michael, where would you be in this laser game? How would you have sabotaged it? Granted, it was pretty easy when only one out of nine collects any money, but what would be the way to get away with it most easily? I think the mole had it very easy, because everyone was separated. But what I would have done as mole is keep talking on the walkie-talkie constantly, because the more noise that they make, and the more noise that reverberates around that monastery, the easier it is for the black ballerinas to take people out. But the people that matter are the second team, So you kind of have to put yourself in the first team, try and somehow not get shot or hide around a corner or something, which obviously none of them did, and then just keep talking on the walkie-talkie constantly. Keep trying to be helpful. And just make as much noise as you physically can to make sure that nobody can claim any cash. That's how I would have done it. Obviously no one did. Yeah. So, Scrappy-Doo says that he's in an extreme tunnel on Josh and confronts him after the second challenge. Josh tells Scrappy-Doo that he's not the mole and that it's dangerous to go all in on him, and they form an alliance. How do you suspect Josh as the mole after all of this? How? You have to remember that we have the benefit of actually seeing Josh edited here. Josh doing loads of sneaky shit this episode maybe makes you think, I'll chuck a couple of questions at Josh. Because both of the first two challenges have been horrendously mauled by Josh in some capacity, I would say. In theory. I still don't think at all that Josh is the mole. Josh is, out of the eight people left, my eighth suspect right now. He's also dead last for me. <laughs> so on day four, they head to Copper of Nietzsche. They arrive at a huge truck factory. Four of them will take two trucks and knock signs over with symbols to earn money. The other five will find the right signs by taking pictures during a test ride. 
one of those five will be the communicator and the only person who can speak to both the photographers and the riders. There are six signs, each worth 350 euros for the pot. However, wrong signs are worth minus 350 euros for the pot. And it's Josh and Renee and Charlotte and Rocky doing the test drive. Florentine is the communicator. Mariah and Scrappy-Doo are on the ground. And Laxmi and Eric are the drivers. And I did say this on social media earlier. Driving those trucks into signs looks like so much fun. I know you wouldn't be able to do it because you can't drive. But it looked like so much fun. Yeah, maybe Florentine doesn't have a driver's license, and that's the real reason why he had to be the communicator. Yeah, I I feel like if you can't drive, you kind of exclude yourself from doing the really fun bit of this challenge. In order of funness in this challenge, it's definitely driving the truck, then doing the test drive, then guiding the truck, then being the communicator, I think. Although, if you don't know how to drive, I think being a, being allowed to run over things is a very good opportunity. And it's like, ah, well, I can't really drive, so this is this is ideal. I don't have to follow any of the rules. Oh no, look out, Scrappy-Doo! So Josh and Renee are the first to submit a photo at 2.39pm on September the 17th. Rocky and Charlotte say they decide to take photos on the second go-round, and then Josh and Renee submit their second at 2.40pm. Scrappy-Doo probably has the quote of the episode when he describes the challenge as being like thrown into a circus and being told to do a dance with an elephant. I think we have our Dirty Dancing sequel. Nobody puts Nelly in the corner. Do the lift! Do the lift! The thing is, if we take him as the cartoon character, Scrappy-Doo probably would think that he can lift an elephant. (laughs) It's so perfect this week that I picked that. So I'm going to guess, if you're the mole, you do not want to be in that truck. You want to be the person relaying the information to either the driver or the other walkie-talkie people. Yeah, I think maybe being the communicator is a little bit too obvious as a mole, because you're the go-between. I think maybe the guide is the best place to put yourself as mole. Yeah, Mariah, I think, might be at the top of my list after this week. I think she's my number one pick as the mole. Yeah, she was my number one last week, and it's it's a gut feeling on Mariah, I think. I feel like she's not putting as much effort in as she would if she was a candidate. Probably Mariah, Mariah and Charlotte are my top two. Um, Renee realises that she can't see what Josh is sending to Florentine, and that is a potential problem. She needs her glasses. Yeah, she just has to look really close at it, because otherwise she just can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> the phone touches her face. And thanks to a conversation with Mariah, Scrappy-Doo leads Eric to the wrong sign to get knocked over. And they then spot the right one and knock that one over as well. Florentine received 11 photos. And as Mariah says in confessional, there's only six right ones. So how the hell did he get another five? Charlotte and Rocky sent three photos, all of which were right ones. That means that Renee and Josh sent eight of them. They knocked over five correct signs and three wrong ones, which means they earned 700 euros of a possible 2100 for the challenge, 1800 of a possible 6100 for the episode, and 3150 euros of a possible 12,100 for the season so far. So Josh and Renee sent way too many pictures? Yeah, Josh sent eight photos to Florentine in that challenge, assuming that Charlotte and Rocky were telling the truth. Yeah, one of them could just have been could have just been lying. We don't know for sure. We don't know who to trust. But it sounds like something Josh or Renee would do without any effort. So, it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole who have knows least goes home, except for the mole who can never go home. Scrappy-Doo says he's working on the golden rule of the mole. 
trust nobody. He shouldn't trust others or himself. And he's going for everyone except Josh, as he has to trust somebody. Rocky says she's spreading on three people, including Florentine and two women, Mariah and Renee. Florentine suspects Josh as he switched the walkie-talkies over when he wasn't supposed to hear anything. Charlotte suspects Josh. She was listening to the guide and he never tried to move her on. Josh says Renee is inconsistent. Who is she really? He also says it could be Eric. Eric says he has Mariah on his list, as well as Scrappy-Doo, Rocky, and one other person. Lakshmi says she's spreading on Mariah, Josh, Eric, and Renee. Renee is spreading on Mariah, Josh, and Florentine, as he's sneakier than he seems. And Mariah says that the mole had to be in the other team at the castle, Josh, Charlotte, Rocky, and Florentine, as that's where everything went wrong. She says that one thing is for sure, they'll say goodbye to one person, and it won't be her. Rick says that there will be plenty of time for most of them to fill the pot. The next day they are heading to Brno and the most beautiful caves in Chechia, but first they have to say goodbye to someone. Renee, Josh and Rocky get green screens before Eric is the second person to go home. He gives the pot to Scrappy-Doo and gives him his pink box back. Josh says that they've been roommates for two days and all Eric did was write things down, which will make you go crazy. And Rick even gloats when he sends Eric home that he won't find out who the mole is for a while. Which he did last week. So, wonder how devastated Eric was by being eliminated second. Because when he gets executed, he just says, yep. He was not in the mood to talk all that much. I think he was pretty annoyed, to be fair. As you would be if you'd gone home on the mole at all. And taking all those way more notes than anybody else. Or his tactic to become the treasure in the first place. And he, he's like, well... I don't really care anymore. I guess I'll give it to the guy who brought a pink box for the for the money. I'll let him be treasure. It's either that or let Josh be treasure. If you let Josh be treasure, I don't think you see any of those notes again. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> oh, I thought this was fake money. I didn't know I actually had to hang on to this. Oh, we just did laundry. It was in my pockets. Shit. Josh just finds the nearest open casino and tries to bet with the mole notes. Yeah, it's the classic Mole 2 challenge. You either you have $20,000, you have to double it by the end of the hour, or you have nothing. I must say, if I were treasurer and there were some of those Mole coins hanging around, I would probably pocket one of them, just for a souvenir. They can accept not having another 50 euros in the pot, if it means that we then have a cool souvenir. The pot is actually quite large at this point in the season. It is, they are over a quarter of the maximum pot, which is not too bad after two episodes. Yeah, and they earned money at all three challenges this week, I think. They did, the mole was slacking, evidently. Yeah, although in the laser game, when seven out of, or eight out of nine people get shot, and that ninth person just happens to be a pro athlete, I think you take that as a W. Yeah. So next time, there are caves and kayaking, escape rooms, while Josh seems to be dressed as James Bond for some reason and abseiling down a building. Now, let's do the pool update, because under the rules of the pool, as um, dictated last week, Logan had first draft, I had second draft, Michelle had third draft, and it went on and on until we each had three people in our team. Logan drafted Florentine, I drafted Mariah, Michelle drafted Charlotte, Logan drafted Lakshmi, I drafted Scrappy-Doo, Michelle drafted Renee, Logan drafted Eric, I drafted Josh, and Michelle drafted Rocky. With Eric going home, Logan's team lost its first person, meaning Logan is down to just Florentine and Lakshmi. Also, quite importantly, this is the first Dutch season where Michelle has not lost the first person. Damn it, I don't even have my top two suspects on my own team. 
the even more fun thing is that as long as history isn't broken, whoever loses someone next week will be the first person to lose all their team. That's how it has gone the past two seasons that we've done this, which I thought was a very interesting stat. Second week, Michelle always lost someone. Third week, whoever lost someone lost all their team first. So we'll see if that gets broken this season. Thank you to everyone who submitted a first suspicions list. We did have more than we did for Renaissance, which was nice to see. Of the nine that you could have submitted based on, Josh and Laxmi were the only two who didn't have anyone suspect them as number one. The most suspicious person, with an average score of 3.42 out of 9, was Mariah. Then Florentine, Laxmi, Renee, Rocky, Scrappy-Doo, Charlotte, Eric, and Josh in last place. When you add us in... Yeah, I know, massive shock, Josh being in last place. When you add us in, Charlotte jumps to 5th, and Scrappy-Doo and Eric move up to equal 6th, Rocky drops to 8th, and Josh stays ninth. Only one person in the entire group who did this had Eric in last place, and that was me. We are ending this now because I've won. Um, Only one person had him as their first suspect. And the only reason I mention this is because he is a friend of ours. Is Mark Doyle. So Mark has already lost his first suspect. I think I had Eric as seventh when I submitted. Can't remember off the top of my head. I've not got the list up in front of me. But Eric was my ninth. And there is a reason for that, which I'm going to get into in a minute. Eric going home bumps your team up to an average score of 3.88 out of 8, including us, it's 3.83. Mine jumps up to 4.58 and 4.62, including us. And Michelle's jumps up to 4.83 and 4.82, including us. The reason I put Eric as my bottom suspect is because someone fucked up on the website. Before the first episode had even aired, Eric had a grey picture. Very briefly, I had it pointed out to me on Reddit, but someone accidentally uploaded Eric's grey picture and left it as his main picture for about five or ten minutes and someone spotted it on Reddit. So Eric was always going to be my last choice last week, purely because I was reasonably confident it wasn't him who was the mole. As a result of that, fuck it. Damn it, production. Someone is getting fired for that. But yeah, that's that's the reason I suspected uh, Eric the least. When you get fired from the mole production, from Vidim production... Do you get a red screen? Do they bring you all into room and say, one of you is about to be fired from your job? Oh yeah, you definitely get executed and then are immediately sequestered away from everyone else and never allowed to speak to them again for a few months. I guess you won't find out uh, who got your job uh, for a couple months, eh? Why do you think Rick keeps keeps gloating to the people who are going home, by the way? Because this is two weeks on the trot now where he said, guess you're not going to find out who it is for a few months, are you? Yeah, just each time, and then at the end of the game, he's like, oh man, you were so close to find out who the mole is. Now you gotta wait a while to find out who the mole is. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are your three top suspects? Oh man, uh, so I think it's gonna be Mariah, then Charlotte, and then... Uh, I'll give Florentine a nod for a three, but he is slipping a little bit just because we saw a lot from his perspective this week. Yeah, I've discounted Florentine for this week at least. He's very much dropped out of my top three. My top three are still Mariah in number one, then Renee in number two, and Charlotte in number three, I think. Renee? Yeah. We haven't had an old woman mole for a while. And it's more faith on my part, me going, oh, I really want it to be Renee. Renee's mole would be very entertaining. And there's just something in the back of my mind going, just put Renee in your top three, you never know. So yeah, Mariah, then Renee, then Charlotte for me this week, I think. 
And final question, who do you think is going home next week? Hmm. They're just going to keep getting rid of the under-edited characters? Who would go home? Who would go home? Uh, I think Renee is going to go home. If she's not the mole, she's probably going home soon. Just based on the fact she didn't observe what was going on in the castle, she wasn't too keen on all the different things going on. Yeah. I'm torn at the moment between Florentine, because he, he was really under-edited this week compared to last week, and Rocky at the moment. I think both of those are probably going to be early boots now. I just couldn't tell you which one's going to go home next week. But looking at the cast, I would say they're probably our next two if they're going to keep getting rid of the under-edited people. Yeah, Rocky and who else? Rocky and Florentine. Yeah, Rocky and Florentine. Rocky only really had one moment, which was being the last woman standing in the Black Light Ballerina game. Yeah, she didn't really get that much recognition for being the only person out of nine people to snag some money. You'd think she would just be hoisted up and given a trophy or something like they would do at FIFA. And Florentine's big moment was not something that he did. It was Josh being accidentally in his ear. And even when Florentine was in the key position in the truck game, you didn't really see anything from Florentine's perspective. Which is why I, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe Florentine goes sooner than we'd hope. So have you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I think that covers it. Solid podcast. Pat ourselves on the back. Another good one. So, thank you for listening to our VSmall 2021 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the new small in Chechia. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors. We can email us and contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at Logsupakwaki. I'm MJ Harmstone. Thank you, as always, to Marika for the subtitles, and we'll see you next week. Peace out, and just chill until the third of flavoring.